0: Welcome home to the sanctuary A place of rest for the broken and weary Where you can let go Cause you're fully known My forever daddy Oh how we love you so I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the sanctuary fellowship We pray the following message will be home. encouraging we to you so to Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion be be And so discover the joy of a relationship
1: with place the creator All right, anybody excited about the Word of God this morning? Come on, anybody excited about the Word of God this morning? Amen, amen. Well, we're in the middle of a series titled "Walk It Out," and it's a series going—we're going through the entire Book of John. God already showed me in January we're going to start with Genesis, and we're going to go through the Book of Genesis if it takes all year starting next year amen because sometimes we got to go back to the beginning before we could go get any further amen? amen all right so right now we're in the book of john and and uh today we're gonna we have a special treat we have another member of the pastoral team is going to share with you guys and so please worship break please that's why see sometimes you'll break please welcome our children's pastor melissa amen father we thank you for your word lord god i thank you god that your word is already anointed that it's already chain breaking it's already bondage snapping lord god it's already freeing and liberating father prepare us to receive it prepare us to deliver it to ingest it to let it take hold and take root inside of us god that it would grow and it would bring forth fruit in jesus name amen
0: Is it just me or is there like a lot of noise today? I was like, I don't know if it's excitement. I don't know if it's just newness. I, I, I don't know. But as I was going around, I was like, wow. I, I don't know if it's because I'm nervous. But I just said, wow, a lot of, a lot of things going on. Well, like, like Pastor George said, we've been doing this series called Walk It Out and it's in the book of John. If you wanna open up your Bibles, today we're gonna to be continuing that series um, and talk about something that I've called The Process. But open your, your Bibles, if you have them, to John chapter 14. You know, I have so enjoyed this series because I gotta tell you, I love the Word of God, but I love to learn. So I, I'm here to confess, those of you who know me know this already, but I'm kind of a nerd. I'm, I'm one of those people that loved school, I loved projects, I loved to study, and if I had the money, I would probably still be in school, seriously. The best thing that has happened to me is that my kids are getting older and now they have projects. So I have to tell you, I have to like hold myself back, you know, because my daughter came home with her first science project, and we decided to do it on the saguaro cactus and I was all excited. I got online, I got the supplies and I'm saying, oh, and look at this and look at it. She goes, mommy, I just need to know what the name is. I'm like, okay, so she put down the name. Oh, and did you know that the flower, mommy, she doesn't wanna know about the flower, just the plant. I was like, yeah, yeah, but, but just so that we can know. Well, I have to be honest, way after I said, okay, Melissa, step back, let her get the information. It is her project. I sat there for about another hour learning about the saguaro cactus. So if you want to know anything about the cactus, I know about it. So I love that. I love chewing things up. I love seeing how they apply to me, what I can take from it. I'm very big on learning. And so this series, those times that I've been in the sanctuary, because you know I'm usually with your kids, I've been taking the scripture, enjoying the way he breaks it down and say, okay, God, how are you speaking to me on how I should walk out this principle in my life? So what I find myself doing is I give access to the Lord. God, here I am. Sometimes I know what it is, but I said, Lord, you know, this doesn't really apply to me, but what is it that you would like me to know? What is it that I have to maybe change or refine in the way that I am walking out my Christian life? And I examine my life and I realized that in doing this, it's kind of like a process, right? I'm I'm acknowledging it. I'm examining my life. I'm saying, "Yeah, God, that's true." Or, I, "I do that pretty well." And then what I'm doing is say, "Okay, now how can I apply it and put it into practice?" So really, when I looked at, you know, and I have to tell you, I'm such a nerd that you know, walk it out, I didn't even know it's a song. George you have to tell pastor george had to tell me i don't know so i said oh yeah walking it out you know so i said we have to it's a process so being the nerd that i am i created a definition and i'm gonna go slow because you know i love words and whatever but this is what i said it means to walk it out it's a process by which an individual submits and surrenders themselves to god's complete dominion over their lives This action leads to a series of actions or changes by or within the individual directed towards the specific aim of following Christ and being changed and renewed in his image. The result, an amazing testimony and life filled with power. You know, we sang that first song, Shine, and I really think that's what it's all about. To walk it out doesn't mean that you have arrived. It shows how God has arrived in you and has walked it out. So this morning, I was encouraged by that because that's what this series is all about. God's shining through you. So as I said, we're in John chapter 14. Remember, chapter 13, we left off, and what did Pastor George says? Judas takes the bread. We know that he is going to betray Jesus. He walks out of the last supper towards the end of that chapter. God gives a command, love one another as I has loved you. And finally, Peter is speaking to him and he says, Peter, I have to tell you something before the rooster crows three times, you are going to deny me. So I can imagine that some of those things that God was saying, I'm just going to walk over here because I hate this poll. But some of those things that God was saying, I can imagine the disciples were like, what's going on? What does he mean? What? They were worried. They were confused. I mean, I don't know about you, but has anybody even at work when something big happens and everybody like runs into the office? Oh, did you hear what happened? No, I can't. But how is that going to be? And this whole conversation. So a part of me was picturing that some of that was hap- Happening. And then God says in John chapter 14, you can look, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And I think this is encouraging news. And the person who explains what God is saying here best, I want to read a quote from the very wise Reverendo Jorge Antonio Martinez. Pastor George, if you don't know who that is. I had to throw that in. But he said, he that prepares a place for us also prepares us for that place. That's good, right? I'm going to read it again because I think it's powerful. He that prepares a place for us also prepares us for that place. And that would, that's what Jesus is doing there. He's saying, this is what's going to happen. Going forward, don't worry. Because I am going to be with you. You're going to be able to walk out the teachings and the things that I've imparted to you. So let's just come together. Let's focus. I know this is going on. But I need to focus because I have to prepare you for the process that you will walk out. And isn't this, in fact, what God's been doing all along? You know, they've been with him. He called them. They followed. They've seen the miracles. And what did Jesus do while he was here on this earth? He taught. He preached. And he healed. So they've seen that. They've seen the miracles. They've seen, as he said, that happy meal, feed thousands. You know, they have walked and they have seen the life that Jesus has led. Because not only does he, does he tell them this is the process, but God himself showed the process all throughout. Now, it's funny because I, I'm, I'm looking at them and he's preparing them. And, and, and at this point, He brings something else into the mix, which I'll read in a minute. He begins to say, don't worry, I'm with you, because if you've seen me, you've seen God. I am God. That whole idea of the Trinity, something which I have to tell you, most people still have a hard time with, right? For our kids, I explain it like this. It's kind of like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And they're like, what do you mean? How is God like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I said, well, if you have the bread, Is that a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? No. But that's important because it holds everything together. I said, how about the peanut butter? If you have a jar of peanut butter, is that a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? No. How about the jelly? If you have the jelly, is that a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? No. You have to put it all together and it functions as one. Each has a different place, a different role that it fulfills, but it works all together to create one, And God begins to tell them that because they, you know, they're, they're getting nervous. They're anxious. And in verse 5, Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You see, we didn't have to think how it was because they were seeing his deity. He's saying, you you know me, you've seen me, you've walked with me. And one thing I looked at when I was looking at that passage, God keeps saying the word no. I've learned when I study the Bible, and this is just a quick tip, it's great to reread a passage over and over and over again. And as you do, circle the words that God keeps repeating. Because that usually means that God wants to give emphasis to something. So when this keeps saying over and over, you knew, but God, if I knew, but you know. And I said, I stopped a minute. I said, how could they not know? How could the disciples not know that he was God? I mean, I don't know about you, but if I saw someone take one little fish and feed a whole bunch of people, I'd kind of know there was something amazing about that person. Am I, am I the only one? Because I'm like, I said, how could I, uh, you know, I remember that, that, that the story about it stinketh when Lazarus came out of the grave, uh, you know, I got to believe that there's a powerful God that's doing that because I know that, you know, even though the word says that we can do those things, I know I would say, wow, that's, that's, that's real. I said, God, how can they not know? And then God kind of said, well, isn't it like you? My God, what do you mean? <laughs> Isn't it like you aren't there things that you know and then you still get anxious about and worried about and in the moment cry about, you know, it's funny. I have to tell you, even up to the point of getting up here, I got a little from God. Not a bad, I didn't do anything bad, but you know, I was here. I am. Yes, Lord, you're holy, you're holy and I'm worshiping and I'm worshiping and You know, some of you may know I get very anxious before I have to do this because I, I really, I'm not convinced that, that this is, you know, something I've been blessed with a gift, but, um, I, I started to think, to think about that and pray about that. And God just spoke to me as we were singing and he just reminded me, it's about my holiness. It's about my, it's nothing about you, Melissa. You're just simply the vessel. It's my word that goes forth. It's what I want to tell my people. You're just you're just standing there. So basically. You know, so and don't I know that? Right? I knew that. But sometimes when life's situations come in, or when we're facing certain certain circumstances, we ask, but how Lord? But why, Lord? But when, Lord? But but God, is you really in this you know, sometimes, and, and I got to say, you know, sometimes I, I tell George, no, Pastor George, you need to be more specific. You know, I want just people to move on in their walk very quickly. I'm very impatient. I'm like, you know, Pastor George, you need to be more specific. Like, instead of saying things in their lives, let's just be real. Let's just say what those things in their lives that we know are standing in people's way. And we've named them. You know, addictions, marital problems, relationship problems, um, you know, uh, uh, people married together who are not, uh, you know. These are not things necessarily that we can even, that, you know, even, what am I going to say? That God says, oh, thou shalt not, whatever. Let's, Let's take spirituality out of this. Aren't there things that we do that we know that are wrong? Has nothing to do with God. I mean, you don't need a rocket scientist to know you shouldn't kill someone. Or that you shouldn't hurt someone purposely, you know? Or that, that maybe we shouldn't be so nasty to people as they drive by and cut us off. That's, that's my personal thing. But anyway, you know, we all have areas that we walk in that we know that God wants to get a hold of, that God wants to do something with. And, and sometimes, you know, and I have to say this because I have such a heart for young, single, or even older single women. And i'll speak about my experience with that in a second but sometimes i it hurts me it pains me when a single mom comes to me and they're holding on to this horrible human being because the person is the is the dad who treats them horribly who shows the children he treats them horribly who speaks horribly to them and then they come to me and they say i don't know what god wants me to do i'm like How could you say that to me? Why would our loving, wonderful God who desires to give you the best, give you anything less than God's best? But I've had to hold because I have to remind myself that it's a process. Sometimes knowing is a process. God's teaching his disciples was a process. Walking it out, as we said, is a process so just like the disciples were saying but how can it be we also say those things sometimes you know i think also about myself and my area i'm going to be real honest with you today but one of the areas that i struggle with just in myself is dieting and, and how i feel about myself right now there's really again no secret to this if you eat well If you exercise, drink water, you know, guess what? You're going to lose weight. We know, but it's very, very hard to do. Anybody with me today on that? (laughs) So we know, but it's a process. So we know the end. So going on in chapter in verse eight, Philip says, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. I gotta stop right there. I say the same thing. God, you know, if I had the money, I could have a personal trainer. I could have a cook come to my house. Oh yeah, I would look really good. I was like, Angelina Jolie would have nothing on me because I would work it out, okay? Sorry, that just came to my head. But and verse nine, Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even, if I, even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I'm the father and that the father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am the father and the father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. And like I said, these disciples are scared. They couldn't fully grasp that this Jesus that they've been hanging out with, that they've befriended was the almighty, holy God, right? You know, I'm going to share about another thing that I knew about growing up. I've been blessed. I grew up in church. I walked my first steps in a choir rehearsal. My grandfather was the pastor of the church. I had wonderful men and women who committed themselves to telling me when I wasn't doing such a good job in love and that I love. And then one day as I was growing up, I met this guy and he played a huge part in my life. And for five years, Michelle is there smiling and going. And for five years, my life was consumed with this man. He wasn't a Christian. He knew God. And I would tell people, Remember those loving people who would tell me when I wasn't doing right in love, I'm not getting married. We're not married yet, but boy, did I want to marry him? He was everything that I wanted. He just gave me security. He exposed me to new places, new things. I just saw thought the sun rose and set for him and my friends would say, but Melissa, he doesn't treat you well. Oh, but he treats me very nicely. You know, he encourages me to to get my degree and to get my license. Yeah, he did that so when you move, you can drive and he'll have more money coming in the house. No, 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 But, 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 but he loves me. He doesn't even walk by your side. He walks in front of you and you have to rush to catch up. Yeah, yeah, but he loves me. He wasn't here when your grandfather died. He doesn't go to your family's house. You're always running after him. Yeah, 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 but you know what? He's bought me such great things. Well, buy it for yourself. And I'd say, oh, but you just don't understand. Even worse, I would pray, God, if this is not the man for me, then have him move away and fall in love with somebody else far, far away, because you know I can't make this break. And guess what? He moved to Nebraska. what all along telling me he was going to marry me and that we should start shopping for rings got another girl pregnant came back told me he still was going to marry me after he called me after five years to tell me that he had gotten another girl pregnant called me not face-to-face you think I should have had a clue okay called me I had my my wonderful friends, Pastor George and Michelle, who put up with me when I'd come to their house and I'd cry. Oh! And they would say, but Mo, you don't belong there. But Mo, he's not the one that God has for you. Don't you know that God said he wants someone for you that's the priest of the home, that's going to encourage you in the word? Your whole life has been in church. Do you really want to go to Nebraska and milk cows? Well, well, Even after all that, I wish I could tell you that I said, I'm going to let go. And then my prayer changed. God, if this is not the one you have for me, and I don't believe that it is, then let this happen. Well... We were working out, still getting married, and he was telling me, okay, Melissa, well, we'll move to Nebraska, but you know, she doesn't want you to be a part of the baby's life, and, and da-da-da-da-da, and I was still holding on, and I was gonna marry him, and, and then one day, the phone rang, and it was her. And he went to another room and locked me out. And I sat there, and finally I said, you know what, God? The door just slammed in my face. And you got to have something better for me. So without saying goodbye, I got up, I walked out, and the rest is history. Because I caught a revelation. I caught that this God who, was, who I prayed about and sang about for so many years was interested in total dominion in my life was interested even in who I date, because why should I have started dating him even in the first place? Had nothing to do with getting married. I shouldn't have been there in the first place. And I realized he's concerned about me. He wants to know about my life and cares about what happens to me when I'm struggling, when I'm weak, when I'm sick, because that's who he is, a loving God. And I look back and that conversation that I had with God and God, if you know, but, but you know, just let him do this and do that. Isn't that what Philip is doing here? God, if you would just show God the father, then it would be okay. You know, and all along, God was having that sound conversation with me. Melissa, let go. I'll take care of you. I'll give you what you need. For those of you who don't know and are here for the first time, I have the most awesome, wonderful husband anybody could ask for. Remember I said God gave me what I I, I wanted him, that other man? Well, God gave me what I needed. Because Lord only knows, the man that has is with me has to be willing to carry a whole bunch of bags into church and cart around a whole bunch of little kids. And when I, I need a can, I need a candle for my illustration. Willingly goes and runs out and gets it and doesn't complain. Because it's not about me. It's not about him. It's about how God is walking it out through us both. All right. I believe today. And I, with all my heart, that there are some of you here who haven't made a commitment to serving God. That you know that serving God would be better for you. You can probably say, oh, someday I'm getting there, but you know, I'm just not ready yet. Because you know that that God is probably going to change some things in your life. And God is telling you today, if you're not fully convinced of what my word says... Look around this church today. Because many of you don't come out on, Friday, on Wednesday nights. If I'm not here, my husband tells me of the awesome testimonies that have happened. Because I have heard people in this church delivered from drugs. I've heard marriages restored. People that were healed. People that were delivered from a lifestyle of, you know, even homosexuality. These are not simple things. This is not like going on a diet and drinking extra water. These are radical holds on people's life. But the beauty of it is that they stand there and they say, it wasn't me. It was Christ in me that broke that. It was Christ in me that that did that. And you guys know that's not easy. So God may be telling you today, look at the person who brought you. They may not be perfect, look for something that's going on in their life because I guarantee you, you'll find it. So if you're not convinced on what you hear, if you're not convinced on what you've grown up knowing, look at the lives beside you, the miracles that you have seen in your day and believe. Okay, only God can do that. You know, as I was preparing this, I I saw a picture of a mom teaching a little kid to swim, right? And I saw the lifeguard, kind of like the figure of God, looking over the whole pool. I saw the mother Jesus getting into the water and her little kid so excited and toddling to the end and then he touches the water, "Ah, I'm not going in. Or else, no, 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 no. So the child is so afraid she goes and she runs over and she gets a life vest and she buckles the kid up with the life vest and he stands at the edge and she goes, come in, you're not gonna drown because not only did I come in first, I've showed you the water's okay, I'm splashing, I'm going under, I'm swimming. My arms are right here. But now I've given you this life vest. So even if I'm not here with you, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. And later on in this very chapter, Jesus says, I'm going to leave something with you. You're going to be okay. And that thing is the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit... God I am in the Father and the Father is in me and the Spirit is in us and that Spirit is in you. So it's me again. It's that for those of you who don't understand that concept of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit moving in you when you give him access is the one that's kind of saying, "You really shouldn't be doing that. You really shouldn't be going there." You know, you're walking this way, but come 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 back this way. That that little Thoughts in your heart and in your mind that you can't always, you know, make peace with? Many times that's the Holy Spirit wrestling. Because you see, God is jealous for you. He is jealous for us. Okay? Verse 12, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these. Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you... In my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I don't know about you, but that's pretty encouraging to me i can say god there are finances that need to be corrected in my home and in the name of jesus i ask that those situations be made right father i ask for the strength that you would enable me to walk out being a good steward of my money that i wouldn't waste it on phones and video games and things that are not necessary but that as i submit to spend the funds of my family, as you have called me to do, I'm going to see a miracle. I'm going to even believe that I'm going to be a paymaster, which means I'm going to be the someone lending out money and not the one in debt. That Holy Spirit in you gives you boldness and authority. Because remember, as we were singing that song, holy, righteousness, all those things we have access. Because as Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we have that same power inside of us. Capture that today because that's really crucial. Because if when you capture that and grasp that, there is nothing, nothing that you can't withstand. I also be, feel that God is trying to speak to some people, right? Really speak to some people who are struggling. Merck, can you come help me? Don't worry. <laughs> just hold this for a second. If you could just put the knife in there and maybe make some of those holes bigger. Okay? I did this beforehand. I prepared this can. I think that God is speaking to some of you in areas of your life that you're struggling with. You love God, right? Careful. <laughs> you love God. You desire to please him. But there's still things in you, right? That are holding you back. Thanks. He's like enjoying that a lot, right? <laughs> okay. And God is telling you I'm rooting you on. I just read in that scripture, he sits at the right hands of the father and he says, you can do it in my name. So Jesus is telling his disciples, when you're worried, when you struggle, when you fear that you will not overcome, remember that I sit at the right hands of the father and I'm interceding on your behalf. You're not doing it alone. But sometimes it's hard in those areas of our lives. They leave holes. And sometimes our lives may look like this, from what we've experienced. God is telling you today, you're not conquering because of your own strength. Your life may look like this, but trust me, I'm going to make it look different. Give me access and ask these things in my name. We come to the bottom part of the chapter. And God gives you a big whammy. Notice I said we, I didn't say us. Ooh, sorry, Lord. God gives us a big whammy. He says, if you loved me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me he who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love him and show myself to him. You know, going back to my story, I remember I spent five years of my life bound and it was after I let go. People didn't see my failures. They didn't see how I messed up. They didn't see what I did wrong. They just saw a woman that was determined now to follow Christ at all cost. Obeying commands, it's hard, right? It's going to take time. This process of loving God, this process of walking it out, it may take time to get to where you feel you need to be in God. Because only God can tell you what you need to walk out, right? I mean, or right, let me encourage you. Only God should be the one that's working with you on an area on what you should work out. Because how many people know? How many people came to me and said, you really shouldn't be with him? Okay, well, thank you very much and kept walking right but it was only when God told me hey I've got something better for you that I was able to start that process and I gotta tell you I was tempted to date other people thankfully I dated nice Christian guys after that don't say a word Michelle but I did you know there were other people in my life that were Christian and at least that foundation was good right okay so I said, you know, obey the commands. It wasn't that God didn't want me to have that person. It wasn't that God didn't want me to have the experience. He showed me the security, all of this stuff. God wanted to protect me. He knew, Melissa, your home will never be the home that you've dreamed of, that you've longed for, because I'm not in it. So many times, you know, God doesn't tell you to hold off for marriage because he wants to hurt you. He wants you to hold off because he doesn't want you to get sick. Because he doesn't want you to get hurt. Because he doesn't want you to get stepped on. You know? Many times. You know, God, it's not because he's mean. These words are meant to protect. Love one another. How many of you know you you win more flies with honey than you do with what? Vinegar? I don't know what the expression is. You know? But the, the things in his word, they're good teaching. They're solid. You know? And if you just, even if you even didn't, like, accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and walked out what he said... I've got to believe you've had a pretty amazing life, empty, but amazing life. This walking it out. It takes commitment. Just like any other change in your life. It's going to take reading the word. It's going to take coming to church. It's going to take every time you are tempted to walk in the wrong way to say, no, I can through him. Who's called me and turn around. It might take sacrifice. It might cost you something. Guess what? My guy was paying a lot of my bills. All of a sudden, it was hard. There was less money coming in. Okay? It might cost you something. And many of you to follow God, and I'm not naive, have gone through a lot. But look at what happens when God takes your broken, tattered, hard, difficult Sometimes painful life. And look what God can do when he enters it. Nothing that you could ever buy for a friend. Please don't buy me this. But look what happens when you allow God to be in you. Maybe I could have, I wish it were a little darker. Because if it were a little darker, you might see light shooting out of it from the holes. Because I guarantee you, people look at it differently when it's just broken. As opposed to when Jesus is is in it. I'm thankful that the times that I've fallen in my life, no one has remembered that. They remember this because through that brokenness, he is made complete. Through that pain, he wants to heal you. And I believe as we, sur- as we surrender and submit to this process, As we tell ourselves, God, how do you want us to be holy? How do you want us to be mothers? How do you want us to be wives? How do you want me to be a single adult? How do you want me to break this thing that's holding me bound, whether it's cigarettes, alcohol, an abusive relationship? What do you want me to do? As we submit, I believe God is gonna start shining some light. Didn't we sing about that? Shine. They're not going to see us. They're going to see the miracle of the glory of God come through. A lot of us, we need to acknowledge today that there's a problem. It hurts me on pastoral staff when we get prayer requests and things. And I didn't know people were bound by stuff like this. You know, I'm naive. I was raised in church all my life. It hurts me when I know that there's people in my congregation struggling with prescription pain medication. It hurts me when I hear that there's young women who are, who are settling for, for garbage. It hurts me when I know that there's women in our church who are being abused and hurt. It hurts me. It kills me. Because I know that that's not what God has for them. But I can't acknowledge it for you. I can't break it for you. I can't hold you and say, come on, do this, do this, do this. It's only until you get a grasp that Jesus Christ, God almighty wants to do something different in you. That things can begin to be walked out. So you may have to acknowledge something today. We may have to learn new ways of dealing with things. This flesh wants to be fed quickly. It wants what it wants. That's why it's so hard. This morning, in this process, where is God speaking to you? Walking it out is a process, but it's a process that requires an action. It's a process that requires a response. And this morning, will you do that? Can you trust Jesus who's saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Come. I've given you my Holy Spirit. As soon as you come, I'm going to put that Holy Spirit on you and you're going to be able to walk it out. Where is he speaking to you? Because he does want to have complete dominion. You know, I thought about, I keep bringing up this weight example because it's hard for me, but it's not going to happen through osmosis. I can't just say, ooh, be skinny. Ooh, take, you know, if those pills, all those pills worked, everybody would be really thin. So there's other things that are involved with that. Sometimes those life-changing things, it's not just about drugs. It's about what's causing you to to do the drugs. It's about what's causing you to stay in the relationship. I have to tell you something I did did this week. And I was in the car because God doesn't care what number the scale says. But for me, he cares that I'm embarrassed to be in front of people. He cares that I think a lot of times that I'm ugly and unattractive. He cares about the fact that maybe it interferes with my marriage sometimes and being intimate. See, that's the real problem, not the number on the scale. I think God wants to get to the root of those things. For those of you struggling, who love God but are struggling in areas, God is asking you today, come, let me reveal those things, those emotions behind the thing you're struggling with. Let me show you the way I'm going to work it out. Some of you may have to go to someone and say, i got to confess something to you. I'm struggling in this area because I want to be held accountable. I want to walk it out, and I need your help to walk it out. So whether it's finances, addiction, marriages, singleness, what will you respond to as you walk it out? You know, it's funny. We could have read this passage in many ways and I'll do that in a moment but right now I just want to leave you with a picture of a woman who did walk it out and what happened when she did Benny if you would just take care of that roll that for me please
2: still as she made her way to Jesus. She stumbled through the tears that made her blind. She felt such pain. Some spoke in anger. Heard folks whisper, there's no place here. shame that flushed her face until at last she knelt before his feet. And though she spoke no words, every tear she shed was heard as she poured on him like oil from Mary's alabaster box. Don't be angry if I wash his feet with my teeth. the sin that held me bound. And I spent my days poured my life without measure into a little treasure box I thought I had found. Until that day when Jesus came to me and healed my soul with the wonder of with my teeth
0: You might remember you might remember that story of Mary we read it in John in this series walk it out one thing that I have to warn you church Jesus could have read this passage in many ways he could have been angry and he could have said don't you know didn't you see haven't you heard he could have pleaded and said but I am the father believe me trust me Here I am. He could have pleaded. He could have been annoyed. Then believe in the miracles if you don't believe me. But this morning, that, that chapter started when God comforted his disciples. I don't know where you are in the process of walking it out. But I believe with all of my heart that when Jesus wrote those words, when the Apostle wrote those words. This is what he was doing. As he said them, he said this. Veronica, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Trust me. Believe in me. I'm right there by your daddy's side rooting you on. Because I know that you're going to make it through. And the most amazing thing is that when you do, my light is going to shine through you because I love you and I know that you're gonna show how much you love me because you're gonna obey what I've given you and you're gonna trust my word and you will walk it out. That's the love of the Father. So I'm gonna let Pastor George come, but I just want you to sit for a moment I know that it's difficult, but there's one thing that never do you see recorded in the Bible. No one ever said it wasn't worth it. There's nothing written that ever said they regretted their choices to leave everything and follow Jesus. Nowhere is that documented that they gave up because they didn't think it was worth following. So I want to encourage you today and ask you, how will you respond? God bless you. Can
1: we just bow our heads for a moment? There's so many of us, if we just, if we just be honest with ourselves, we say, man, I'm, probably every one of us, we're in process. I'm in process. But if you're here today, I don't want you to miss the opportunity. I don't want you to, to be able to just walk away and, and and not deal with the process. If you're here today, I believe that God brought you here to hear the word of God. I believe that God brought you here, that your friends brought you here, that your family brought you here. Somebody brought you because they cared about you. And the love of God through that person has you here today. To for, so, so that you would hear the words of God saying, I know that you're in the process. I put you in that process. I'm calling you to me. I'm drawing you to me. And the wonderful words of God is that I accept you. Because before you were even trying, the word says while you were yet sinners, he died so before we even tried, he's already loving us. He's already desiring us, already, already paying the price for our sacrifice. So if you're here today and you've never made that commitment, you've never said, listen, I'm not asking you to be a member of this church. I'm asking you to, 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 to be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. If you've been far from God, if, you've, if you thought your process brought you farther from God, and you're here today to understand that the process is to bring you closer to God. And if that's you, would you just stand and You say, God, I'm in process, but I want to be closer to you, God. I'm in process, but I don't want this process to lead me away from you. I'm in process, God. You can keep working in my life. You can keep doing whatever you need to do. God, I know that you're good. I understand that you're good, God. And I thank you, God, that you loved me before I loved you. Amen. If you've never made that commitment, would you just stand, stand with those that are already standing and say, God, I, I, I want to be a Christ follower. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask Melissa to pray for you.
0: Heavenly Father, God, here we are. Father, I don't know where everybody else is standing, but I know where I am, God. Lord, and I just pray, oh God, you've been so patient through this process. You've been so understanding, God. You've been so merciful, God. So, Father, help us, Lord. Help us to submit, God, to you. Help us to accept you, Lord, and help us to receive it and believe it, oh God. Father, I pray that you would help the rest of the church that's not standing, oh God. To remember what their process was like. To not look at us with pointed fingers, oh God. To not look at us impatiently, Lord. But to love us through the process, God. Because they don't know, Lord God, what we've been through. They don't know how hard it was for us to stand up, Lord God. But you do, Lord, you do know how much this costs us, Lord God. So Father, for every bold and courageous person that's made a choice to stand, oh God, I speak healing into their lives. I speak joy over their circumstances, Lord. I speak endurance and strength and peace, oh God, and love. And most of all, I pray, God, that just as they hear my words, they would feel your comforter, the Holy Spirit, oh God, encouraging them, telling them they can make it, God, that it's not too hard not to give up, to believe, to trust, oh God. Oh Jesus, there is nothing that is impossible with you. So today, God, over some of these people's impossible situations, Lord, and struggles, I speak life and your word said to ask in jesus name so i ask in the name of jesus that every stronghold would be broken that every area of sin would be be stomped out i ask oh god that these difficulties that people are struggling with god that you would release the answers god release the solutions oh god let them see the hope let them see you there rooting for them at the right hands of the in following you, my God. Oh, Jesus, Lord. Father, we trust you today and most of all, God, as we walk it out, let your life shine, God, that we may revolutionize a world just by our countenance, just by what we look like, just by the decisions that we make, oh, God. Oh, Lord, we thank you, God, and we do love you, God. Help us to obey. And all God's children said, Amen.
1: Amen. Would you, everybody standing around these, would you give them a hug, man? Would you hug on somebody? Would you love on somebody? And now as you leave this place, remember to walk it out. Walk it out.